Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of It's Brewing at McEwen, a USF baseball podcast. We've got a really good episode for you today, which features an interview with Bulls Saturday starting pitcher, Hunter Mink. He's been playing at a really high level, and it was great to get some insight into how he's been finding success. This episode starts off with our normal segment of John, Matt, and I breaking down our reactions and takeaways from the prior week and doing a preview of this weekend's opponent, Houston. The Hunter Mink interview starts around the 37-minute mark. Without further ado, let's get into the show. All right, so we are back uh, for another podcast. It's been a little bit. It's been about two weeks since our last podcast. Uh, earlier today, I had a chance to sit down with Hunter Mink, talk about how his season's going, um, some of the things that have helped him be more successful this year. So really good stuff there that I hope you enjoy. Um, but now we got myself, Matt, and John. Just kind of want to catch up on what's been going on with USF baseball. You know, uh, in the past week, uh, last four games, at least looking at last week from tonight, tonight's Wednesday night. Uh, April 12th, uh, the Bulls have won three out of their last four, or is that right? Yeah, three out of the last four, they're on a three-game winning streak. So the last podcast, you know, was before UCF and, you know, before conference play. Um, so now looking back on where we are now, I mean, we're four and two in conference play, tied for first in the conference. Um, it's gone about as well as – anybody could have expected um you know it's it's great to see the bulls winning back-to-back conference series series weekends i think it's the first time that's been done since 2018 um 2020 there was no conference play 2021 was kind of tough because all your conference weekends were four game series but still really good really good start um I'm open up to you guys. I'll start with Matt. What has been your impressions in the in the since conference play has started? What have you what has been popping out to you? Why do you think that the Bulls are doing better uh in as conference play has come around? Well, I really think it has to do with the fact that it's kind of something that we've talked about for, you know, a couple episodes that all the facets of our our team needed to come together. And when you look at a roundabout, you know, collective of what our team has done, I think we've hit well. Um, obviously, our defense has been there all year. And uh, our starting pitcher, our, our starting rotation has really started to come together, too. Uh, you know, delivering quality start after quality start, at least two out of three of the guys uh, in each of the conference play uh, series have come together to, to put together quality starts. Um, so I, I think we're, you know, peaking at the exact time that we really would want to peak at. Um, you know, you look at Hunter Mink, he's put together four straight quality starts. Uh, Ethan Brown has put together some dominating starts in conference play against UCF and Jack, you know, coming off a great start this past weekend. Um, I, I think that the overall rotation is, you know, really carrying us into this conference season. Yeah, I think those are all really good points. You know, if you think about how the way we thought about the team as the season has progressed, you know, 
earlier in the year, the record wasn't too great. And we would see glimpses, uh, you know, pointing out how the defense is playing well, or maybe the pitching would have a good week, but the hitting wouldn't. Um, things just weren't quite clicking on all cylinders. But these past two weeks, I would really say that that, that, that they have. Um, and something I talked about really early in the season was building an identity and defining roles. And, and I like what you said about peaking at the right time. Um, you know, of course, in a perfect world, yeah, we would have loved to have had defined roles right out the gate um, opening weekend. But, you know, maybe just the fact that we did have a lot of new players and a lot of, you know, change from last season. It took a while for um, our coaching staff to kind of identify who was the right guys for the right roles. Uh, and I think now that conference play has come, they've, they've, they've found that. They found a starting rotation for the weekend. They found a midweek starter. They've found a pretty consistent defensive alignment and a, a pretty consistent batting order as well. And we've actually seen some uh, adjustments to the batting order these past three games that have actually been been really good. You know, they're putting Eric Snow and Raphael Betancourt in the three and four spot in the batting order has really kind of taken some pressure off of Drew Brusher, who was hitting up there for most of the season. And in the last three games, he's really been on fire. It's almost like now with, with Drew being moved to seventh and Rafi and Snow uh, three and four, it feels like we have two batting orders within one batting order. It's like Drew Butcher now becomes like your second three-hole hitter. And it just gives our lineup so much more depth and it just makes this lineup so much more dangerous um i don't know if it's going to stay like that but the way that it's set up right now this is the line this lineup has been working so good the last three games and i don't know i just feel bad for any pitcher that thinks that you know they've gotten through the tough part of the lineup and then all of a sudden they got to face you know travis sankovich and true pusher uh not fun not fun if you're a pitcher um so I really like what these adjustments that Coach Mole has made. You know, he's realized, you know, when to push certain buttons with certain people and, you know, when to change change their, their role a little bit, just making slight adjustments. And I'm really happy to see that he's doing that. You know, he's, he's, I feel like he's been managing really well, um, you know, the last few weeks. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think uh... – like like you said, with extending the lineup, having Drew as a, a second, third hitter uh, in that lineup, you know, obviously we know what he's capable of. And having uh, a couple guys in front of him that know how to get on base, it just adds uh, a tremendous amount of depth and scoring opportunities. And I, I think, you know, we were kind of talking about, you know, having consistency in that one through five in the lineup. But, you know, having this new look lineup, you know, it kind of, creates a whole new dynamic that, you know, creates a threat all throughout the lineup, one through nine. Yeah, you know, and when I think about, like, the team building an identity, I really feel like we're doing that. I feel like we're, we're, we're showing that 
for me, like my, right now, I think the identity is we have strong starting pitching. We have a balanced lineup from top to bottom where you can get contributions from the eight hitter, the nine hitter, the six hitter, the seven hitter. You have a balanced deep lineup that can hurt you in different ways. You have strong starting pitching. You have a very strong also back end of the bullpen in terms of setup man and closer. Um, you know, shout out to Tanner Mink and Riley Skeen have really been doing well in those roles. But then also, I think the one piece that it, this would really kind of like complete the puzzle is to get some of these middle relief pitchers pitching more, more to their abilities. You know, you have guys like Austin Grouse, um, Tyler Dietz, um, Austin Newton, uh, who's only a freshman. Parker CA. Um, these are guys that have tremendous arm talent. You know, they all throw in the mid nineties. Um, they're all very capable. Um, you know, if, if the middle relief can get a little stronger in their performance and in the last game last night against Bethune Cookman, I think we started to see some glimpses of that. Um, Austin Grouse came in and against Bethune Cookman last night and did a really nice job of uh, getting through an inning and that was his first game with his new haircut, short hair. With short hair, Austin Grouse has a zero ERA. So that's kind of my expe expectation going forward. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, it's just if we can get the the whole pitching staff to to really step up the way that the starters and the the back end guys have, it's this the sky's the limit for what what can be done this season. I think that's the one piece that that's still. Uh, still in progress at the end of the day you know we got to win four games in Clearwater, and you know I, I think all of us would have liked to have an at-large bid at the beginning of the season but you know at the end of the day um you know i, I think really there's only going to be one at-large bid coming out of the aac um you know coming into next year with with the new look i think that might change but uh i think the goal really realistically was always going to be to to win that conference tournament. Yeah, and I think another big goal would be to win the regular season AAC title. Um, to me, that would just be amazing. I mean, I'm just kind of just sick of seeing ECU win it every year. I think everybody's sick of seeing ECU win it every year. Um, I was listening to like a national podcast earlier today, 11.7. Uh, they're a great kind of a national college baseball podcast. And they were literally saying, could, could somebody in the AAC just step up and win the regular season from ECU? They, they said that they're, they're tired of, of seeing ECU win the regular season title every year. And they, these are, on, these are just uh, people that have nothing to do with these schools. So they, uh, you know, and I, I was thinking to myself, I, I know a team that might have something to say about that, but uh, why not yeah. us? Was that? Why not us? Exactly, exactly. And uh, John, I wanted to kind of get your take on what has it been like seeing this turnaround these past couple weeks, seeing the Bulls be more successful in the field, getting off to a four and two start in conference play. What are some of your thoughts? Um, I mean, I think you guys really nailed it, to be honest, but um just sitting back and listening to the points that you guys hit on, 
I can easily say that like the, a common theme was, you know, um, things that we had already mentioned, like things that we were calling for, you know, um, at the beginning of the season, Mark, you said the role, the, the roles coming together, you know, um, Matt and I have been calling for, you know, the rotation like since last year to come together. So like, everything's coming together and, and uh in our first podcast i think it was with um who was that was it with uh dc and, and brutch and yeah um they were saying like and we somebody else mentioned this earlier you know throughout the beginning of the season we had all the pieces firing but at different times and uh, i think dc said like wait till they all start firing at the same time that's what we're seeing um one thing that really um, stood out to me early was not 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 executing on the fundamentals. Um, if you look at our strikeout to walk ratio, um, Matt touched on that earlier in the season. And then if you compare it to you know if, like if we if we were to take a look at the last week, you know our strike to walkout ratio is night and day different uh 38 strikeouts to nine walks over the last week um we weren't even sniffing numbers like that in the beginning of the season so hats off to the pitching staff hats off to wit um the the pitching the pitch sequences have uh been improving as well and um i really i really just like executing on the fundamentals um I think a few different players told us that they, they've been spending some time on that. So it's really good to see those things playing out in real time and opening, opening the first two series in conference play with uh, taking two or three from, you know, conference rivals. Um, it really, it's not only going to create confidence, but it's also going to, draw in more of a crowd more of a following for this usf baseball team which is well deserved it's long overdue we've been <laughs> screaming this all season like just 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 be patient you know iron sharpens iron you know we were playing some really good schools to start out and they all they all presented interesting challenges and you know that this season has a lot left in, sto in store, but I, I really genuinely could not be happier in the direction of, you know, our baseball team and what we're doing right now. Yeah, and also, too, is, like, I saw a post from College Baseball Nation, and they put out a projected field of 64 teams. And looking at that field of 64 teams, seven of the teams that make that, that you know, 64-team field – we've already played this year, which is insane. And that's not even including ECU. Um, so that, that just kind of speaks volumes to the the challenge that coach Mole put in front of these players to, to prepare them for the conference play. So I think we're starting to see a lot of that, you know, come into, into play with playing, you know, opponents that may not be up to that particular level, but at the same time, in any given year, Tulane and UCF, they're pretty intimidating opponents. Uh, you know, they, they've been at the top of our conference in the past few seasons. Um, but I, I think we're well prepared to handle it this year compared to others. I'd like to add one more thing. Um, 
in in seasons or at least last season in, in comparing to last season when we were playing in in conference opponents it i was talking to you guys about this i think last week um we really like didn't look downright better than maybe maybe cincinnati but other than that like we really didn't look downright better than any of the opponents we faced in the American. And I don't mean that offensively. We were scrappy as hell. We put up a fight, but we, we didn't do the small things right. And it, it showed, you know, in the end result, but these past two series, we have looked like the better team, you know, and we've, we've played, we've played like the better team and looked like the better team. And, and it's like, it's, uh, it's going to be, something that's interesting to see how that dynamic continues to unfold throughout the season and how we measure up against the rest of the American, because um, I think anybody who pays attention to college baseball or, you know, the American athletic conference, we were considered huge underdogs. And right now we sit tied for first in the conference. So again, I ask, why not us? I, I would like to know who uh, the person was that gave us that one first place vote because they might have the uh, winning lottery tickets at the end of the season. <laughs> For real. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that, that would that would be uh, awesome. Like I said, you know, I of course the conference tournament is the most important because that's how you earn your way into the NCAA tournament. Let's not get it twisted. I hundred percent agree that that is key. That's what we want. Um, but man, it's just exciting to think about the prospect of having a winning uh, AAC record. You know, I think, I think, I think Bulls fans across all sports want to see that. You know, our record in men's basketball, football for AAC play the last few years hasn't been that great. Um, and even though we've done a lot of good things with baseball, with the super regional and everything, um, you know, we haven't quite had that AAC regular season record that, that we'd want to see um, in the last few years. So it's a really good opportunity, I think, for these, for these bulls to, to really kind of endear themselves to, to bulls nation as a, as a broader whole, you know, we've got our, we've got our baseball fans for sure. But, you know, one of the main things we want to do at, you know, Bruin at McEwen is kind of bring what's going on with baseball to a to a broader audience to, to gain to, to gain more fans, more support. Um, and, you know, we can we continue to do our part. And, it, you know, the, 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 the team themselves is, is really playing at a level that I think is going to keep continually draw more interest. And uh, that's really good to see as well. But, um, you know, let's. Uh, kind of look back at, at, at the week and some players that are playing really well and, and kind of deserve some shout outs. Um, I think we all know that Daniel Cantu has gone nuclear. Um, I like it. We like to think that it's because he was on the podcast. Um, you know, Hunter Mink already was doing good. I can't wait to see how good he does now that he's been on the podcast. Um, expect some no hitters or something like that. Um you know, Daniel Cantu's gone gone crazy lately. Um, this past week was no exception. Um, he had two home runs in the last four games. Um, 
six for 15, 400 batting average. Um, Eric Snow continues to be white hot. Um, he's had a 1100 OPS this past week. Um, Bobby Bozer is a guy that it's great to see him coming back to form. You know, he's somebody that started off. If you were watching USF baseball in the first three, four weeks of the season, he really was like popping out as the best player on the team. Like there's no, there's no argument. That's how he was looking those first three to four weeks. And then he kind of went cold and had some injury problems and all sorts of things. But man, the last couple of weeks, he's getting back to that form. Um, and he also, he looks great in center field. Keep in mind that he started the season at shortstop, but um, you know, Eric Snow's done a great job at shortstop, but Bobby Bozer in center field looks like a natural, you know, he, He's made some great plays showing off his range. I think his athleticism, he might be the, one of the best athletes on the team. And the fact that you kind of free him up to roam center field is, is really nice. Um, John Montez continues to hit well, batted over 300 the past week. Uh, Travis Sankovic, his bat is heating up, which is great to see. Um, he's kind of been holding down that, that sixth spot in the batting order which is nice right now in front of Drew because he kind of gets on base and Drew could drive him in. Um, Drew Brutcher's heating up at the plate as well. Batted 500 this past week. Um, saw three doubles from him. So the power is slowly starting to creep back, but you know, for him to bat 500 for the last four games is pretty great. Um, Joaquin Monquet had a pretty solid past week and he's a guy that, had only started four out of the first 30 games of the season. And then all of a sudden he starts game 31, 32, 33, and 34. So he has started the last four games. Uh, will that trend continue to be, to be determined, but it's definitely worth noting that he's kind of kind of come out of nowhere and seems to have maybe claimed some kind of bigger role. Um, you I know, think whether that me, be, go ahead. I, I think for me, the really the most exciting thing is the fact that Eric Snow and Raphael Betancourt combined for 10 for 28 with 11 RBIs in the past four games. That is, uh, I mean, I, I feel like we come to expect production out of them, but at the same time, it's like, wow, that is insanely amazing for the present, but I mean, also for the future of this team, it's like, holy cow, we have these guys batting three, four, and they're they're producing at that level. It's it's insane. Yeah, so true. It's like not something to take for granted, like to just think that these two true freshmen have come into the middle of the batting order and have just been so clutch. It's not just the hits. It's, for example, it's Raphael Betancourt. He always has a productive at bat. Like, even if he doesn't get a hit, he gets a sacrifice fly. Like, when we said this all year, he attacks early in the counts, but he, could, he continues to do that as a switch hitter from both sides of the plate. Um, but, man, he just knows how to make his at-bats count, productive at-bats. You see a lot of the same from Eric Snow. One thing I've started to learn watching more Eric Snow is, like, he has a lot of feel for the game. Like, he can – a lot of times kind of put the ball where he wants to with his hits. Like he can literally just reach his bat out and poke it over the second baseman's head and just get himself a base hit. If that's what the situation calls for. 
I think it's just a really high baseball IQ and also skill level um, that's allowing him to do that. He kind of reminds me a lot of a player for the Miami Marlins, Luis Arais. He's leading the league in hitting right now. And uh, he he has the same, you know, same approach to the, to hitting the ball and going exactly where the pitch is, is going. And he's batting like 600 on the short season or the, the young season so far. But uh, I see a lot of similarities in Eric Snow's game to to him. Yeah, just like great feel for the barrel, um, and great feel for for the game and, and and situational and things like that. So you could it's if you watch the games, you see that you know they they deserve to be hitting in those spots and and they're 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 giving the production that you want uh, from those spots. And again, like you know, this past week was just a great week for the offense as a whole for, for the last four games to the three games against Tulane and the Bethune game, you know, the Bulls as a, as a team batted 351 had a 974 team OPS scored 35 runs, which is an average of about nine runs a game. Um, it's it just, uh, things are really starting to click. Um, so I think we know we spent a good amount of time on the offense. Uh, I want to maybe talk a little bit about pitching. Um, Pitchers this past week, you got uh, quality starts from Jack Siebert and Hunter Mink both. Uh, Hunter Mink, six innings, one run. Siebert, seven innings, one run. Um, they each should have been on the AAC weekly honor roll for, for pitchers of the week. They each struck out seven or more batters. I don't know what else you want them to do. Um, but, uh, no, they were awesome. Ethan Brown. He may not have had the best statistical start of the week, but he may have had the best, the best gritty start of the week, I would say. Um, first inning against Tulane on Friday night, something just wasn't right. And he gave up a few pitches. Yeah, he gave up a few runs, but man, he settled down and uh ended up eating innings for the Bulls, which is what they really needed. They really need, you know, the starting pitcher to go deep. And even though he didn't have his best stuff, he still gave the Bulls six and a third, struck out eight. Um, just really good senior senior leadership from the senior pitcher Ethan Brown. Um, and one then thing, other, one thing I want to one thing I want to mention too is at the beginning of the week I had a prediction that Bulls starting pitchers were going to get twenty five strikeouts, and Bulls fell two two strikeouts short, but. You know, uh, I think with Jack's start on Sunday, he only uh, got to pitch 80 pitches, which is smart. Um, obviously, he got through seven innings, but I think if he would have, you know, gone his typical 9,500 pitches, I think uh, we would have gotten to that 25 strikeouts. All right, so now we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming series against Houston. This will be our last segment for the night. Um we wanted to talk about, you know, what what can the Bulls expect um, going up against this Houston team uh, who currently uh, – let me see what their RPI is. Yeah, the highest RPI team in the American Conference right now is obviously East Carolina. They're uh, ranked number 11 in the country. But after that, um, Houston is the next AAC team at 112, and then USF is the – third AAC team at 127. Um, Houston this season, their record is 18 and 15 overall, uh, four and two in the conference. 
Um, they're coming off of a pretty nice midweek win themselves where they beat Sam Houston State, who's actually a, a re- pretty good team. They beat them nine, they beat them uh beat them 14 to three. Um, so they're they're playing some pretty good baseball in their last six games, they're five and one. Um, so they're playing some pretty good baseball and they've got a pretty veteran batting order, which I'll talk about in a little bit, but I wanted to to maybe let John talk a little bit about what he's seen from their pitchers. Um, without having paid too much attention to uh, their their games individually, <clears throat> um, it seems like there is going to be some opportunities for offensive production for our Bulls. Um, it seems like they have four main guys that are starting um and they are uh not really killing it right now you know i think there's only one of those four four starters that has an era under four this season a guy who's trending up lately for them and getting some spot starts has been um senior maddox uh maddox miller out of arlington texas um he got a win last week and he has on the season um, 11 appearances and just two starts. Um, his ERA is 4.84 and he's looking pretty good for them, but it does seem like, um, you know, the fireworks could continue for the bats this week. I think if our pitching shows up, I think we have a really good shot. Um, you know, it seems like Houston had a pretty tough schedule out of the gate and, um, they're they're cleaning up pretty nice in um, in conference play thus far too. So um, I think our RPI accurately reflects you know the level of competition between these two teams, both individually and also like against each other, how they match up head to head. It's going to be a really exciting weekend. Yeah, I totally agree, John. I I think one other guy that we need to keep an eye out for too is going to be a guy named Paul Schmitz. He's a six foot eight freshman. And uh, he's been coming on pretty strong as of lately. I took a look at his stats earlier today and looked like he had about four straight quality starts. Uh, he's actually their Friday night guy. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how Ethan matches up with him and, and, and really gets fired up for that particular occasion. Because I think Friday night is the game to get. If we get that game, I I feel really confident about the rest of the series. Um, but to me, this game, th- this whole entire series is a toss up in terms of when you look at overall statistics with hitting and, and pitching, um, you know, it's pretty, pretty evenly matched overall. Yeah, I think something interesting about this Paul Schmitz guy, too, is he's from Germany, um, which is uh Pretty interesting. Can't say the last time I've seen a college baseball player like from Germany. I'm sure there's a handful out there, but um, that's pretty interesting. And being a true freshman as well, um, pretty good find for them. Good size, like you said, 6'8", 242. And like you said, he kind of has come into that starting pitching role more recently than the last month or so. So that would be an interesting guy to, to watch. I noticed um... – that while Schmitz is their predominant Friday night guy of late, Maddie, I've noticed that they've started a few different guys on Friday nights. Uh, they, they haven't really, like, really, really gotten one guy for their Friday night guy. But um, 
Schmitz has a pretty good uh pretty good stat line. I think that moving forward that's probably what you're gonna see. But um yeah, Cade Satelli is uh Cade Satelli's got thirty seven Ks on the season with Josh Eckness. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe we see this K guy on Saturday. No, on or yeah, you're right. Saturday. Okay. Well, no, I think he's the Sunday guy. No, he he's the Sunday guy. Kate's Telly is the Sunday guy. He pitched last Saturday because that was uh that was effectively the Sunday with Easter and everything. Oh, but good call. Generally speaking, Kate's Telly is their Sunday pitcher. Um, he is six three, two oh five. Uh, sophomore from Texas. Um, this season, he's kind of done all right. His whip is a little high, 1.67. ERA 5.4 is not bad. Um, struggles a little bit with his control, um, as evidenced by his whip being a little high. 23 walks and in 31 innings is uh, a little bit high of a, of a walk rate there. Um, but no, the other two guys, the Friday, Saturday guys, Paul and Josh, um, they're both pretty solid pitchers with pretty good stats. Um, I think, you know, I think that, you know, you want to try to, like Matt said, getting that win Friday night really sets you up, uh, to take at least one, uh, one other game on the weekend, but, um, overall pretty, pretty decent weekend rotation. Um, Sunday being the, the weakest uh, of the three pitchers. But uh, no, it should be a, a good good matchup. I mean, we have three pitchers that that are in good form ourselves, so you know it should be good. But I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about uh, their batting order. Um, they they've got some really interesting uh, some in- interesting position players. They actually have two guys that are like everyday uh, hitters in their lineup that also pitch. So they got like two two way players that. Are, are pretty effective uh, as two ways. But uh, typically they're going to lead off with their right fielder, um, Malachi Lott. He's a lefty. Um, he's got a 1,000 OPS on the season. Um, so he's a pretty solid hitter. And then their two and three hole hitters are normally their third baseman, Zach Arnold, and their DH, Alex Lopez. Um, Zach Arnold is a transfer from LSU. Uh, well, he, he played at Houston last year, but he played his first two years at LSU. Um, good contact. He only strikes out 16% of the time. Alex Lopez is a junior. He came from JUCO. Um, he only strikes out 8% of the time. So two pretty good contact hitters there in the two and three hole. Their cleanup hitter, um, Cameron Nickens, is a right-handed hitting sophomore um, with a lot of power. His isolated slugging is 227, so he has a lot of pop, but with that pop, you get some striking out as well. He strikes out about 30% of the time. Um, batting fifth for them, normally you'll see their catcher, Anthony Tulumero. Um, He's a junior, transferred from Kansas University. Um, also another good contact hitter, only strikes out 12% of the time, has some pop as well. And then playing first base for them and batting sixth, you're typically going to see uh, Justin Murray. He's a right-handed hitter um, playing first base and that transferred from Dartmouth. I think he's like a senior. Um, interesting that he came from Dartmouth down to Houston, having a pretty good year. He's another guy that is a two-way player, pretty good pitcher for them as well. And then the last three hitters um, that you're going to see, seven, eight, nine. I was actually kind of surprised to see these guys batting seven, eight, nine for them because 
they're the only three names on their whole team that I recognize um, from playing, from seeing USF play them in prior years. Brandon Uste is a center fielder. He's, he's a fifth year senior. It has pretty good contact and, and is their fastest player. And then uh, Brandon Burkell uh, batting eighth, playing second base, a guy that is a sophomore, pretty good OPS, 833. And then lastly, uh, batting ninth, you're typically going to see their shortstop, Ian McMillan, who's a fifth-year senior. Uh, last year, he was he was like awesome. He had like a 900 OPS, but this year he's really production's been down a lot. Um, 675 OPS. Yeah, I got one thing. Is is Drew Bianco related to the uh, coach for Ole Miss? Yeah, I think that's Mike Bianco's son. And yeah, Drew Bianco is like their tenth player. Like. He gets into the game sometimes, but he's not really a starter. But yeah, that's that's the son of Mike Bianco, I believe. Interesting. Didn't know you had a transfer there. I know he's with Ole Miss for a little bit. Yeah, he was with Ole Miss. Yeah. That wraps up our normal segment for the week. Here comes our interview with Hunter Mink. So we're joined today by Hunter Mink. Uh, he's a redshirt junior, entering his second year with USF. He started his career at UF, but after two years, decided to head south to join his twin brother, Tanner. Uh, last year for the Bulls, he served primarily as a relief pitcher, where he racked up nine saves out of the bullpen. This year, he's converted to starting pitcher. Uh, the, he's the only Bulls pitcher to start a game all eight weekends of the season. He's coming off of four straight quality starts, during which he has helped opponent held, held opponent, opponents uh, to a 1.5 ERA, four straight wins, and also for the season, he's holding opposing batters to a 207 batting average, um, which is a big improvement from last season. Um, 283 last season, 207 this season. I guess a good way to start is, you know, what has helped you be more successful this year than last year? Um, I'd say one of the main, I mean, last year I started off really well. I think I was like 16 innings scoreless, and then once a bit conference play kind of went downhill from there. But uh, this year, I'd say, I mean, I think it's the starting role. I think I really thrive in that position. Um, it's kind of like eat up those innings and everything. But I'd say the biggest thing is just attacking the zone. And I've changed this year and the last year is getting ahead early and counts. I think that's made way more successful. Nice. And, you know, just uh, for some background before we get into some more baseball stuff, um, I know I, I gave, gave a little bit of an intro about yourself. Um, maybe just give a little background as to where you're from and what your major is and things like that. Oh, I'm originally from um, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, we moved down here to uh, Palm Harbor in uh, 2011, I believe. I was uh, 10 years old. And, uh, yeah, my major is integrated public relations and advertising. It was like a sports management when I was at UF, but then I transferred here and got into that major which I like. Uh, that's pretty much it. Nice. You'll have to talk to uh, Matt because he's a, he's a, he's in the advertising field. So yeah, it's, fun. Could... it's fun. I don't know if I'd like it at first, but it's pretty fun. Nice. It's good, man. So, you know, talking about some, some baseball stuff, you know, you, you mentioned how part of the reason that's helping you be more successful this year, you know, you feel like starting pitchers kind of what you've always been, you know, like I, I looked at your high school track record and when you got recruited to UF, you, recruited as a starting pitcher, you know, that's what you really did. So what, what is like, you know, I think being a starting pitcher, you kind of get to set your routine because you know exactly what day you're going to pitch. 
Um, what does a, a week look like for you, like as a whole? Like, what's your mindset of like, okay, I pitched good today, but now what do I got to do the next six days so that I can pitch good seven days from now? How do you go about that? I mean, it's always back to work right after an outing. Um, Paul likes to preach that with me after a good outing. It's just, all right, you did good. Now let's get back to work and get better next week. And my routine as of now is on Saturdays, I, I throw. And Sunday Sunday mornings, like either we're home or away, I'll, I'll lift in the weight opponent's gym or our gym during batters practice. And then slope work on Monday, work out again on Tuesday. I threw my bullpen Wednesday, so I threw today. Thursday, I do some conditioning. Friday, I do a primary lift, and right back at it Saturday. Nice. So when you're doing the bullpen, um, you know, how long does that normally last? Or, like, what's what's kind of, like, that process like? Um, it depends on what I struggled with in my previous outing. Um, so I've been trouble with locating my change-ups. So I've been kind of change-up heavy in my bullpens lately. But uh, pretty much it would be 15, 20 pitches out of the wind-up, 15, 20 pitches out of the stretch. Just focusing nice. on what the – what those deficiencies were in our last outing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you know, I actually noticed, you know, looking at your last outing, it was, it was a successful outing. I think you had eight, eight or seven strikeouts, but I, I didn't really see your changeup used as much. I saw a lot of fastballs and, and curveballs slider. I'm not really sure what you would call your pitches, uh, curveball slider. Sometimes I see a 12 to six shape and sometimes I see something sweeping more. So how many pitches do you have and, and what is, what is that? What is your arsenal? To start off with the changeup thing. I mean, changeup was my main pitch last year. I feel like I was most, I'm most confident. And beginning of this year was there. And then the last few outings, I just kind of, I guess, haven't been as confident with it on the mound. I don't know. I just, just been working on it. So we're trying to get it back. But um, I throw a fastball, changeup. It's like a slider cutter type mix. And then the, I call it a curveball. It's a spike curveball. Okay. That's more the straight 12 to 6 action. Yeah, that one's at like 83, and then I'll throw that slider cutter thing at like 84, 86. Okay. And then the changeup is like uh, 80 or something? Around 80? 85, 86. Okay. Like gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Nice. That that makes sense because I've noticed last year that you were changeup heavy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you had some highlight reel changeups, too, that probably yeah. could have made could have made Pitching Ninja. I think was like looking like a screwball. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, you're sounds like you have four pitches, and that's what you kind of you need as a as a starter. Um, like, how does your? Um, I, I'm curious too about like your preparation for the week. Not only is it taking care of your body, like that's kind of the stuff that you described. But what is the process like for like scouting the opponent for the upcoming weekend? Do you break down film? Do you look at stats, or how do you how do you think about that? Uh, we, uh, early in the week, we'll get like a baseball, it's like a baseball cloud. It's true media, and I'll have like kind of stats on their hitters, kind of where their whiff whiff zones are. There's where they uh hit the ball most in the zone. What's their biggest, uh, like what pitch they hit and play the most? Like we'll get all those stats and where their heat maps are. It's kind of just on your own stadium. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, just about executing pitches. Our coaches know the most about the opponent, so just I trust what they what they call and just execute. Yeah, that's true. I know I asked you that, but then I for, I forgot to realize that you know at the end of the day, it's it's one of your coaches calling your pitches. So for you, it is more the the side of of executing, right? Um, so that yeah. that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
Cool. So, you know, talk, we talked about how, kind of like how you, how you prepare for the week. Um, let's maybe talk about off the field, you know, um, you started your career at UF, right. And spent two years there. So now you're close to where you grew up. Your family can come to games. How, how, how has these two years been different from the first two years and how has it benefited you uh, coming closer to home? I mean, the first point just be kind of being closer to Tanner. I mean, we live together now and that's definitely an awesome part because when we parted ways in high school, I thought that'd be the last time I'd play with them. So it's really awesome in that aspect, but being close to home is awesome too. Um, family pretty much comes to every game. Uh, they're juggling around for my little brother's high school games to our games and it's awesome. Nice. And, uh, did your, your oldest brother played a little bit of like independent ball, right? Yeah, he played up a flagler and then he played indie ball in the Pioneer League. Nice. So I see him at the game sometimes too. So, I mean, can't beat that having all your all your relatives there. That's awesome. No, it's awesome. And you can also run home for a little home cook meal every once in a while. Right, right, right. Nice. And, and what has it been like seeing uh, your, your brother, uh, Casey? I think he's playing high school baseball now. Um, some people say he's he's has a chance to be the best mink. What do you what do you say about that? I hope he's the best mink. Uh, that'll make me <laughs> proud. But no, it's awesome to see. It feels like it was a blink of an eye when I was in this position, and now he's starting second base for varsity team, which is awesome. And what what year is he in school? Freshman. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, his baseball IQ is just kind of it's through the roof. He's pretty much born and raised on a baseball field. So. Right. Right. And watching. Like, like, are you know, do you feel like sometimes you or Tanner or, or Colt can give him tips or anything like that or just work with them on stuff? Yeah, no, we, we help him out a lot. He's always asking questions. And whether it's, it's, if it's a hitting question, I'll shoot it over to Cam, too, and ask him. And they'll talk. He's he's real hungry to learn. Like, whenever he has – if he's struggling or has a problem, he'll, he'll reach out immediately. That's awesome. That's really cool. Nice. Uh, another thing about off the field, I know you you, were, you live in the baseball house, right? Yeah. Okay, nice. <laughs> so that's with four or five or six guys from the team. Um, <laughs> I saw on on Boogie's, uh, I think it was his TikTok the other day. You guys have a home a home improvement project going on. Yeah, he's always uh, Boogie's always texting me. That he wants to always do some blue collar work. He's, as he says it, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know why, but um, one day we had an off day, so. He asked if we could do some blue collar work and down the street, they were getting rid of a bunch of wood for some reason. It was an old play set. And I picked it up in the back of the truck and I was like, boy, can we ever build something? <laughs> <laughs> and we built like a little, just a little rooftop lookout, put a little couch up there. It's kind of cool. Is it, it's just, it's still, it still stands right now. Oh yeah. I, I, we oh, built yeah. it well. We built <laughs> that's, it really well. That's good. That's good. That's good. Nice. Um, so how, how is that dynamic though? Like living with a bunch of teammates, um, and like just having a having like a place where team could hang out, stuff like that. Like, how has that helped the team bond and everything? It's definitely awesome. I mean, I wish I had this my freshman year, like going to the orders guys like house. And it's so it's so big that it's it's kind of a safe space for everyone just to always come hang out. I mean, when we first moved in in the fall, I felt like every other day there'd be a, a freshman sleeping on the couch or something. They're just hanging out. And we love that. So it's it's definitely a cool dynamic having it. Nice. That's awesome. And then, you know, talking about the team, like, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, having teammates to hang out with uh, everything like that. 
um, you know, you've been with these guys, all these guys since the fall, um, and, and some guys have really stepped up. Like, who for you um, are maybe a couple names that maybe if you think about the fall, maybe you thought, okay, like, you know, maybe he'll just kind of get acclimated this year, but maybe it's someone that's doing like more than you even expected, um, having like a, almost like a surprise you in a good way. Uh, pitching wise, I'd say Chandler Dorsey. Um, I knew he had it. I just didn't know if this year would be the year for him to like show us he had it. And he's kind of stepped up. He's been in big situations, especially at UCF. Having a picture with all his fans as a freshman is pretty, pretty cool. And uh, he's taking it pretty well. So it's, that's good to see. And hitting wise, I'd say Rafi. Yeah. yeah. He didn't play at the beginning of the year, just kept his head down, kept working. He got his opportunity and he's taken full advantage of it. It's awesome to see. Yeah, what, what what is it about, you know, guys like that they th that you think has has helped them to just, um, you know, not not get intimidated by the big stage, just kind of like pick up where they left off in high school. Like, what what do you notice about them, like their work ethic or their attitudes or anything like that that you think makes them helps them be successful? I think it's all just like, like a mental thing. I mean, I think we try to help out with that a lot with, in the in the fall and getting these guys innings at the beginning of the year when the stage isn't that big before we go play UCF on the road or these big games. I think that getting them in early in the season helps a lot build that confidence. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. And then uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, the way that Daniel Cantu has kind of uh, really caught fire this last month. We like to think that it's because he was on the podcast uh, yeah. We don't really know what it is, but uh, uh -huh. he's he's absolutely been on fire uh, the last three or four weeks. Uh, what have you seen from him? He's just he's just an exciting kid to watch play baseball. It's so fun watching his energy and how how much fun he has playing the game. And I don't know, he's just killing it right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, so he's, it seems like you know the the lineup is starting to get more solidified and there's still a couple spots where people are kind of rotating in and out and, and, and earning some more playing time. Um, you know, you think about um, Joaquin Monquet even having a good past week, stuff like that. Um, who else do you think is, is kind of close to maybe um, really getting hot uh, in terms of they're, they're showing some good signs, but they haven't quite put it all together yet. Um, I'd say Nelly hitting wise because because he's been mashing the ball all over the park, just right right to people a lot of times. And then uh, yesterday he, he decided to hit one out. And I think that's going to turn fire for him. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. You know, he uh, he I seen warning track shots like three or four times the past week, yeah. and it, it really looked like he got into it. And you're just like, man. But uh, no, it was great. It was great to see him uh, to, to see him get get one out of the park finally. Um, yeah, he's doing that real well. Yeah, for sure. That's all he could control at the end of the day is just making good swings, and he's doing that. And you know, it's it's nice to see the results start to happen for sure. So so thinking about you know the team and um, like the way the season has gone, kind of a little bit of a slow start, but you know a lot of, like the last couple of weeks. I mean, winning each of your conference series is opening weekend uh for conference and then this past weekend for conference um you know what do you think has clicked 
to help the team start playing better, start start getting better results? I mean, you've won three in a row. Um, what do you think has kind of helped the team start to to be more successful? Uh, when it comes to conference play, I feel like it's just a different like energy and environment. And some of us older guys have kind of talked to the whole team and everything. We're like, guys, this is when it starts to like, – it's fun. It's fun now. It's like we play UCF at their place. Let's beat them, and then we get to see them again later in the season, and that's just a cool feeling. And we try to explain that to them. I think everyone's just having a lot of fun now, um, and it's working. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And then, you know, thinking about looking ahead for conference play, you got six more weekends. Um, you know, what do you think is kind of just going to be important for – for you to keep having success as a, as an individual and then for the team to continue on this, this good, this good thing that we found. I mean, personally for me, I say just attacking every batter individually. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I feel like I was just trying to shoot to go six innings every time. And now I kind of change my mindset just to go attack each pitch, each batter and let the results show themselves. And as a team, I mean, just winning every series will help us out a lot. I mean, we're tied for first place right now. We're four and two. And I think that'd be the main goal is just to win every series. Nice. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting, you know, what you just mentioned there, how, you know, your mindset has kind of changed as the season went on. And your season started pretty decent. First couple of weeks were okay. And then week three and week four, you know, those were rough weekends for you. And that, I feel like that was a turning point where your season could have maybe gone south. Or you decided to turn it around, you know, and you did. Um, what what do you think like helped you avoid avoid losing your confidence and avoid and you know kept you in it and kept believing yourself? What what kind of helped you with that? I think it's more just a little self reflecting. I, I didn't want to let those two outings really define me. And we had such a long season ahead. Um, you look at the stats after those two outings; they, it doesn't look good. But my goal was just to see, just to make them better. So. I still want that to find me. Yeah, for sure. Did did you feel like, you know, you? It sounds like the main adjustment you made was was mental and the way that you were thinking about it. You know, like thinking about trying to get all six innings done, but at the end of the day, you're just standing there throwing that one pitch, and then the next one had. Did someone like talk to you about adjusting your mental approach to the game, or did you kind of just figure that out? I mean. Coaches have helped with it for sure. Um, I mean, baseball is all mental. No matter what aspect of it, it's it's all between the ears. Um, everyone on our team's good enough to play and succeed at this level. So I think it's just all mental. It's all mental, and our coaches really help out with that. That's awesome. And that's actually another thing I wanted to ask you was, you know, you started your career at UF, um, and then you come here, and now you're in your second year. And I think you're a really good example for – you know, or maybe even a recruit that's thinking about coming to USF and thinking like, okay, like if I go there, will I get better? You know, and, and you're a good example of, of, yeah, like you can really improve. Um, you know, like what, what is it about being here, whether it be the coaches or the facilities or trainers, anything that like, was a combination of all, what has really helped you uh, improve, like at, from USF specifically helped you? And the environment as a whole, I'd say, has helped me a lot. Um, team's awesome. I guess I have a lot of real close best friends I'll have the rest of my life. and It's fun to play baseball when you're playing with your best friends. 
Um, and coaching just crazy different, and I love it. Um, feel like you can talk to them about anything. I think that's the best way to succeed is just be comfortable. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then, you know, thinking about your your development um, with with the coaches, like when you when you decided to leave UF, um, did you kind of know you wanted to come to USF, or were you thinking about other schools, or or like what 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 kind of convinced you to come here? Besides, of course, your brother was, was a big factor. I would imagine. Yeah, no, I mean, at the end of the day, when I entered the portal, I had a pretty good feeling I was end up coming here because I just heard all the good things about it from Tanner and how much he's loved his time his first two years here. Um, but I definitely did keep the portal open for a little bit just to see what I, the options I could have had and everything. Nice. Cool. Um, so a couple of just kind of funny questions. Um, who, who would you say has the biggest bromance on the team? Biggest buddies, never, never apart. Biggest bromance. I definitely say Jackson, Cawthorn, and Boogie. <laughs> yeah, they're like two that, pieces of pot. Uh, I love that. They they were like our first guests uh, for our podcast a while ago, and uh, yeah, I, I could I could see that they're yeah. they're they're guys for sure. Um, cool. So, you know, I guess more things about about your teammates. Um, when I talk when I talked to Daniel last time, I asked him like, who's the the main guys in the clubhouse that help keep the team loose, uh, keep the team relaxed. Um, he said, John Montez, is, is, is there anybody else? Or, or would you say he's, he's kind of that guy? It's John Montez and Cantu, both of them combined. I mean, John Montez brings the fun aspect to baseball every day. He's always just laughing, having a good time, cheering. Um, and Cantu's the same way. Nice. And, uh, I guess uh, last question, um, you know, what what has been your favorite memory so far, maybe in your time at USF? And what is maybe give me the main two or three goals you want to achieve by the end of this year? You know, maybe this is your last year if you get drafted. Um, you know, what what do, what do you want your kind of legacy and goals are to be my favorite memory this year probably the the outing where tanner came in and pay you back me at the end of the game yeah that was sweet yeah it was always a kind of a little dream of ours it was awesome um and some goals i mean conference tournaments number one beat ucf again is definitely up there um and at the end of the day then goals omaha so i'd say that awesome well hey man we really appreciate you uh checking in with us um, you know, look forward to to seeing you pitch and pitch in Houston this weekend. So good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you All for right. having me. Yes, sir. See you.